When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into a brand new edition of Embrace Debate, the only Panther show that you can find amongst major Panther content creators that debates topics specifically to the Carolina Panthers. Kind of a uh, first take setup we got going here, but we got heavy hitters that are going to be doing the debating. I am your host, Desmond Johnson. I am joined by two heavy hitters, uh, regulars for the program from the four-man rush, uh, Monty Fetty on the show and from the uh, Carolina Cat Chronicles. Cody Lashley on the Chron- on the show. You can uh, participate throughout the uh, the live show. Follow the Keep Pounding Podcast Network on Twitter, on Facebook, on Twitter. It's uh, at KP Pounding underscore FFSN. And you can follow the Fans First Sports Network, which powers this network. Uh, shout out to everyone that's been asking, you know, where you guys at? What's been going on? We've been trying to put together a show the past couple of weeks. Uh, life got in the way. Training camp got in the way. Uh, both Cody and Monty both went down to Spartanburg. I'm thinking about going down uh next wednesday for pan uh for panthers and jets open practices mr Aaron rogers comes into town uh muscles marinara checking in i saw my man hit me on uh twitter uh what's up with this sub place uh that oh, they hit us dude, up on what's, what's the deal incredible man so we you know, went there. yeah yeah that, that's our guy that. man we went and filmed the first ever live edition of the c3 panthers podcast at monster subs and grubs that's my guy pj incredible food one of the best cheesesteaks I've had in years. Oh, say there, less. That, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's man. A, that's, a, that's a weakness of mine. If you got a good cheesesteak. Oh, yeah. Man. So have we uh, onions, we may. Peppers, high quality beef. Ooh, okay. Oh, I might out, make man. an appearance Wednesday. I'm still trying to work it out. Might go down with my pops. Uh, Spartanburg's about a two and a half hour drive for me in Kernersville. So I uh, just have to look at the calendar and see what's popping. But I'm thinking about going down there. Uh, Monty, what's happening, brother? How you doing, man? What's going on, fellas? Um, hey, man, um, I've got a nice tan working uh, from the my, my weekend uh, at camp, so I, I'm still <laughs> trying to recover from that tan. I'm gonna be there tomorrow on Sunday, so yeah, man, I'm I'm blessed, brother. I'm glad to, glad to be back here for another episode, man. 
Well, and I've uh, got a nice sunburn. So. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, a celebrity, man. Cody, I saw Cody in about 45 pictures uh, down the oh, store. Observer did an article. Yeah, yeah dude, man. Cody was coming down the, uh, he was coming down with the little breezeway, and everybody that stopped, like, oh, there goes Cody, man. It was like, yeah, Cody is a celeb, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. I love yeah, it. Man, I love it. it. Cool, man. Got to meet Monty for the first time. That was dope. Got to meet a bunch of people. Thank you to everybody that stopped to say hello. I wanted to take pictures, man. It's been it's been a great week, man. I'm I'm hyped up and ready for Panther football. And we got uh before we get into the debate topics, and I picked a few uh for us to get into today. Uh, since both I've seen these players up close and personal now, they've been in Spartanburg. I do want to get their opinions on what it was like to be there uh in person. And uh they actually have us on the TV at Monster Subs right now. So uh shout out to Monster Subs for the for the love. Um, I, I'm, I'm getting convinced. I'm thinking I might have to do this. Even the wife was like, yeah, the free tickets. Why don't you just travel them down there? So I'm got the green light from wife. Yeah. I don't have an excuse. So, uh, yeah, you'll probably see me in Spartanburg eating a cheesesteak next week. Um, <laughs> I wanted to get into while I'm putting these topics in, give me your, uh, perceptions of being at Spartanburg at Wofford college. And I wanted to start off with Cody cause it was his first time going there. Yeah. Uh, Monty goes pretty much every year. Uh, Cody, give me your perceptions of actually being there and seeing everything happen uh, Skylar Callahan, my co-host on Believe in Carolina Panthers, who's the, the beat writer for Sports Illustrated for the Panthers, uh, I think last week before, uh, well, right when they just got started, he we put out like a viral video that basically Skylar's explaining where the fans should go to get the, the best experience at, at Spartanburg. Mm-hmm. And he's even pointing out specific white tents to stand by and to listen mm-hmm. to the coaches and things of that sort. What was your experience, Cody, in terms of going down there and being able to be there, uh, you know, in person? Yeah, man. So uh, as soon as we got there, we went right under this big tent that they had sectioned off. And, uh, you know, of course, the day that I go, the Panthers are practicing on the far side field instead of the near side field. So it was kind of a little bit hard to see. But, um, you know, overall, I felt that, like, the, the team looked good. Uh, then on Saturday, went to Gibbs Stadium. That was awesome, man. Met so many fans. And then um, looking at the team, man, I, I, was, I was surprised by the defense. I think the defense is a lot faster and aggressive coming out the gate than a lot of people thought they would be. And man, some of the receivers I'm very impressed with. We'll talk about that. I know that's one of your questions coming up here soon. And then, um, man, Bryce and his pocket presence, the way he navigates the pocket, takes those subtle side steps one direction or another, never taking his eyes off the uh, intended target, you know, keeping his eyes downfield. Uh, I'm I'm seeing a lot of good things out of the out of this team right now, and Spartanburg is awesome. It is so hot down there, y'all. They they do not exaggerate when they say uh, it might be the hottest place in America when it comes time for uh, for for uh, Panthers to train. But I had a great time, man. I'm hoping to make it a a yearly thing where uh, make a pilgrimage to Spartanburg. I'm in Charlotte, so it's only an hour and a half away from me. So oh, it's yeah, not it's that bad. bad of a drive. Yeah. yeah, so I can I can get there, hang out with my people, and uh, and watch the Panthers. Man, I had a great time. Now, Monty, I uh, I think it might have been day one, day two. A uh, video you shot from like the stands went viral. Like everyone started like taking it. And I saw some people didn't tag you <laughs> on that video, um, but it was like a I think it was a Bryce Young pass or something like that. Yeah, uh, Bryce yeah. Young. Yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you've been seeing because you're you're kind of. Um, uh og at this point in terms of going to the training camps down at wofford you've been up multiple times tell me the difference between this year and previous years uh when you've gone down there in terms of the feel and the vibe 
Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a different vibe, man. And like you said, I, I try to. I've probably been going every year since the 2017 season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I, I know I didn't. I didn't go make it down to 2015 year, but I know from 2017 on, I've probably gone every year. Um, and it's it's a different vibe. Is you know, I it, it definitely it reminds you of Cam. You know, when Cam was here, especially. Uh, you know, I wasn't there when Cam his rookie season for training camp, so I don't know how the experience was there but you know um or then but i i, I it, it just reminds you of cam when you're there you know uh, you know a lot of you know fans every day as you know as the week went on you know fans just started piling more and more uh you know the excitement that was there you know the intensity was there um you know of course i didn't i didn't make it so it'd be my first day for pads uh tomorrow on sunday so this would be my first time seeing them in pads since training camp has started um but yeah, right. Which is which I'm excited to see them. You know, uh, you know, definitely. You know, we hear the pads popping. But it was dope, man. Uh, Cody is not lying. It is definitely hot. Um, definitely one of the hot. And this is the the funny thing. Uh, and you know, because I, I was hearing people on Twitter saying, "I bet y'all are exaggerating." And about two years ago, I could say, you know what, we may have been exaggerating a little bit. It wasn't that hot this year. I think it's like record breaking. Like, yeah. yeah it's, it's like every year it got a, a day, like a, a degree hotter. And dude, <laughs> felt, it, it's like, it's like you felt it. It was like, oh, yes, 97 today, not 96. Yeah. So, <laughs> the heat index was like 105 or something. Oh, dude. Point, so, it, yeah. It was, and then, and you know, I, and I've made a joke now. I've kind of made it like a yearly tradition. I wear uh, sweatpants one day uh, out of there, and I totally regretted it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, sweatpants. that's wild. Bro. Oh, dude, totally. <laughs> Out there, dude. It was, it was, it, it was hot. You know, man. It, but Bryce is Bryce is well as well as advertised. Me and Dunk, and shout out to my guy, my 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 guy Darren. I mean Aaron. I'm sorry. Um, with Dunk or whatever, however you name him. I feel like me and him both were sitting there falling out of our chairs at one point because it's like, dude, Bryce is. He doesn't look like a rookie quarterback. You know, he comes in there, he he automatically, you know, reads. Yeah. He's he's so smooth, you know, with his uh with reading going in and out of his reads, just transitioning, you know, how he reads uh, or maneuvers in the pocket. Like, dude, I'm I have I'm I'm glad glad we're having this episode today, bro, because I have nothing but good things to say about Bryce. And yeah, man, the, the energy is there. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm very excited to be be out there tomorrow. Uh, and got my sweatpants ready for tomorrow as well. <laughs> See, that's yeah, the thing too. That's the that's the narrative that um, we were actually talking about this on Believe in Panthers last week too, where it's like the thing that's throwing me off. And we're going to get to these questions here. The thing that's throwing me off is that I haven't really heard anything bad about Bryce Young. Everything has been good, and now the national media is starting to to realize what's happening. Like I saw Bucky Brooks pretty much predict, predicting the Panthers are going to win the South. Uh, I think um, Good Morning. What is it? Good morning, football or whatever NFL Network. Mm-hmm. A couple of them have picked the Panthers to win the South. Um, it's it's gotten to a point where we're not sneaking under the radar anymore because of the performances of Bryce no. at these training camp practices, where he just doesn't feel like a rookie. Like he doesn't sound like a rookie. It feels like he's acclimated to the team. The team has gravitated to him in terms of like you know leader follower type thing. He's that dude. Like he's him. Like I mean, a lot of people walk around saying that they're him. He's him. <laughs> like he really, really is. And like he has this confidence thing going on with him. That's like it's almost opposite of Cam. Cam he wore his outside. Like he wore his confidence like a costume, pretty much. Like you right. saw it. You know, Bryce is more subdued. He's what's the word I'm looking for? He's humble, but he's cocky. Like he knows he's good. But he doesn't have to like walk around saying I'm good, I'm good. You know what I mean? He's I call, like I call it calm like a bomb. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, man, that works. He's poised, <laughs> bro, he, he's poised, 
bro, bro, once he's on that field and then he explodes with one of those big plays, man, it's it's really a sight to see. And I think that's something else that's surprising too. Like a lot of people expected Bryce to run this dink and dunk kind of offense. And yeah, there was that, but man, he does not hesitate to pull the trigger on a deep downfield throw when he has the opportunity to do so. And he can so, do it. He, he literally, yeah, he's absolutely. got an arm. Like people were saying like he didn't have an arm to do it with or something, but right. he, he really does. He does have an arm to do that with. So um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see about the, uh, you know, about all that. I think Monty, did Monty, get it? Monty might've got a call or something because his phone went mute all of a sudden. Monty, if you can hear us, you probably need to log out, log back in. Uh, if if uh, somebody calls you on your phone, Tony, you yeah, there you go. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, I just had myself on mute. I apologize. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, shout out to Twan Don, um, uh, who uh, does a lot of Panther content, um, uh, on YouTube, uh, saying you got to get on this show. Yeah, we got to get we'll get Twan on, uh, sometime in season as a guest and we'll have him on the debate uh, table too. So that's actually something cool that we can look forward to. Uh, thanks to everybody that's stopping by. Carolina House Bryce is a hidden gem. Um, Anthony Brown, good morning. Muscles Marinara Spartanburg is Latin for hell's waiting room. I, from the sounds of it, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm just going down there with a couple of short sleeve shirts and some shorts, and I, I should be it's a lot of water and, and I should be good to go. Let's get into some of these questions. Um, now that you guys have seen these players up close and personal, uh Dana Spartanburg, I kind of tailored the questions surrounding that. So really debate question number one: which wide receiver do you think has the best shot to break out this season after watching them live at Wofford? Because I've seen a couple of them make some moves. I got one guy on, on, on top of my head uh, that I didn't think I was going to be thinking about, but I want to get your opinions first. Cody, let's start off with you. What what uh, what wide receiver uh, stood out for you while you were down there? Man, and I'm going to be honest. He's number one, and number two isn't even close. I feel like it's DJ Chark. Mm. Man, let me tell you, anytime you saw a big play in this offense – most times it was happening because of DJ Chark. And you really, you know, he's had a lot of injuries in his past. So I feel like because of that, people sleep on his game and what he's capable of doing. But people forget, man, that this this dude is six foot three, runs a four three, is tall. I mean, he has a long wingspan. And dude, he is not afraid to go up and get the ball, man. And he his route running is so precise. I mean, I would even say surgical, man. Like, I know the clip that Monty posted on day one. Man, Bryce hit him in stride, and he was right in between a corner and a safety. And everything about it was just perfect, man. And, like, if you follow the Panthers' Twitter, like, anytime you see, like, a big play highlight, more than likely the ball is going to DJ Chark. And right, yeah. To, to, to the point where it even has me wondering, if DJ Chark is the number one wide receiver in this offense right now. I think he might be like the way it sounds. Uh, Monty, uh, let me get your opinion before I chime in. What, what wide receiver flashed for you? Uh, Cause you were down there multiple days. Um, was there, was it Chark or was there anybody else besides him? Who's the wide receiver that you're looking at right now to have a breakout season? Yeah, I think the easy answer or the one like you know, like Cody said, the one that uh, I think everybody's kind of been gravitating to is DJ Chart. You know, I, he's had the most splash or the biggest splash plays, you know, from camp, and and consistently seems like every single day he's making a splash play there. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited, and I agree with uh, with Cody. I wasn't expecting, um, you know, what probably the biggest thing that surprised me was his you know fifty fifty ball. Now he's very good at the fifty fifty ball that I wasn't expecting coming into it. So um, I. I I think that, yeah, of course, the easy answer is Chark. Uh, I'm going to say LaVisca as well. 
Mm. I think the way they're going to be using LaVisca this year, uh, you know, it really looks like, you know, what we saw with Curtis Samuel back in 2020, looks like they're going to be kind of, you know, emulating the solid, a lot of the same things. I really want to see what he's going to do as a, you know, as a runner. I think that he's definitely going to be, uh, you know, a part of that power run scheme or that power run game that we were looking to add there. So I'm excited. Yeah, I think LaVisca is going to, uh, you know, have a breakout year, but I, I'm really wanting to see what, uh, you know, DJ Chark, if he's going to make that next step or get back to that Pro Bowl level that he had, you know, back uh, in Jacksonville. Yeah, Chark was my guy, too. Uh, in terms of what I've been seeing on Twitter and, you know, maintaining the Keep Pounding Twitter account, I kind of retweet a lot of content stuff from uh, organic content creators that are down there. Uh, I don't remember us being able to have this much footage when Matt Rule was here. Like, was there a restriction or something? I, I don't I don't remember being this much uh, content coming out of uh, Panther Camp. Yeah, the they were too busy years. running up to touch the DBO sign to actually <laughs> yeah. be practicing, man. Yeah, I think they, I mean, I think they, well, they do, they do still have a rule in place when you're out there. So for anybody that's going out there this weekend or, you know, next week, they do kind of still have a rule in place where they, they're, they don't want you recording. But I think as long as you aren't live streaming practice, and I think that's kind of what was the thing that was around camp was, you know, their fans live streaming practice. Oh, like the whole thing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, you know, so if you're, as long as you're not doing that, you know, because me, me and Dunk, we were there recording and security walked past us a few times and they, you know, they didn't really give us a hard time about it at all. Yeah. So uh, I think it's just kind of more play it by ear. And as long as you aren't, you know, streaming the whole practice, you should be fine. <laughs> yeah, as long as you ain't, got, you ain't getting paid from Bill Belichick or something out there, just kind of. Mm -hmm copying everything yeah. and shooting everything uh, I, out i did want to i did want to echo a little bit of what monty said they were not playing around when they said they intended to use lavishka chanel like debo samuel mm -hmm. i mean man they were lining him up in the backfield they were motioning him out to the slot like it really just seems like he's going to be weapon x for the offense this year and they played with that but two two thirty you know, he's he's going to be a very versatile weapon for the Panthers this year. He came back cut, too. I saw a picture of him on Twitter yeah. like two weeks ago. He's chiseled. Um, but shredded. Yeah, I, I like him in that, that Debo-type role or almost kind of like a – I don't want to say a poor man's Christian McCaffrey, but kind of sort of because you could use CMC the same way where you can motion yeah. him out of the backfield. He was one of the better route runners in the league uh, playing running back. And LaVisca is kind of that – that old school flanker kind of position where it's like a hybrid wide receiver running back. You can kind of line him up yeah. wherever. And he's, he's a problem uh, to defend in terms of trying to figure out it's a mismatch almost every time. Cause you're going to either right. linebackers got to pick him up out of the backfield and he's going to blow by him, or he's going to end up in the secondary somewhere and he's going to be bigger than whoever it is that he's jumping over. Like I like what they're doing. And I love the fact that everyone has forgotten well, not everyone's forgotten. Most of the mainstream media, they've forgotten the coaching staff that these players have to to bounce things off of. Uh, this is a an all-star cat, like just on the offensive side. Yes. With, you know, Caldwell and Thomas Brown, Frank Wright, and Josh McCown, and all these. I mean, we're, we probably got what, maybe, I'd say maybe three, maybe four future head coaches on this staff, like right now, yeah. like two or three of them interviewed this year <laughs> for head coaching positions. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, People have been trying to tell me to temper my expectations, but the more I'm watching I and seeing to. everything, yeah, I'm refusing to. I'm like, no, I've struggled for too long <laughs> following this team and having to report on this team and going through the dark times to not be ecstatic and happy that I'm seeing what I'm seeing. Because Frank Wright told us, he told us he had a plan and he, they were going to execute it. And it's refreshing to see the plan, just the boxes just get checked off. Like, did this, did this, yeah. did this. And it's all working. So it's kind of crazy 
that uh that it is but yeah chalk was up there with me um i've seen people say we can't win anything without a number one wide receiver my thought has always been if frank wright and thomas brown and these guys are watching these wide receivers every day and they don't feel the need to go sign a deandre hopkins or something like they're not that nervous about it then why should i be <laughs> you know why should i be nervous about it yeah. they feel like someone's gonna come out of that room and it might be chalk uh so we'll keep an eye on that uh, as we go forward here too. Um, you can join us here as uh, people are coming in. Thanks for the shout outs from everybody. Uh, you can join us. Just comment in the YouTube uh, section. It's youtube.com forward slash at uh, Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button for us. Uh, do us that favor. We're trying to get over a thousand subscriptions before the season begins. And um, you can you can type in your comment there. Or you can type in on Facebook Watch on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio uh, Facebook page. Donald Duck says, if Golden Corral balls out in preseason with a team like the Las Vegas Raiders make a trade for him, I think Golden has a shot of being a starter in Vegas, to be honest, or will we keep him until next year? It's actually a pretty good segue because that's actually one of the questions that we have for today. Uh, if you were the general manager, if you were Fitty, what would you do with Matt Corral? Um, you got three quarterbacks sitting in the room right now. We already know what's happening with Bryce. Andy, Andy uh, Dalton came in to basically be that safety net. And then you got Matt Corral. He wasn't drafted by this coaching staff. Um, he was drafted by Scott Fitterer, though. Missed all of last year with a broken foot in preseason. So we still haven't really seen him with live bullets. But from my understanding, he's been looking pretty good. You guys saw him down at training camp. What were your thoughts of Matt Corral and what would you do with him? Uh, Monty, let's start off with you on that one. Yeah, I think that's kind of been one of the questions floating around at training camp as well. Uh, you know, what I think was the future for Matt Corral. It's hard to say, you know, and I've kind of floated around with my answer with this as well. You know, me and Cody actually spoke about it at training camp. Um, I think as of right now, I, I, you got to see, you know, you got to get them on the field for uh, for preseason for preseason games. You got to see what you got with them. Um, I, I, it's hard to see that, or hard, it's pressed to say that he's going to be beat out Andy Dalton in a backup uh, quarterback position right now. Yeah. Um, you know, and and that's just the thing. Andy has looked sharp over the last, uh, especially this week with pads. You know, Andy Dalton has looked real good. You know, with uh, you know this past week, and he's looked yeah. sharp. You know, I feel like he he's definitely kind of closed that or you know, made a made a bigger gap than what we initially thought it was going to be for that backup role between him and Matt Corral. And as much as I, you know, as much as I was high on his upside, you know, with drafting Matt Corral, I didn't think that this coaching staff was going to be connected to him. Um, you know, you know, this is another reason why I think that you got to, you know, kind of got to see what you what you have with him because we just don't know. You know, he missed all of last year with the injury. He doesn't have much film, and you know, the the little film that we have, it hasn't looked great. So I think you got to play him to see if you could potentially trade him. Uh, I would definitely like to see him here, you know, be here for another year, you know, see if we can get him as a, you know, to potentially take that backup role from Andy Dalton. But then again, Andy Dalton also is on a, uh, you know, a multi-year deal here as well. So it, I, you know, I just don't think that, you know, I, I'm pressed to, you know, for the fight, fight over a quarterback too at this point. So, yeah, man, I, I think he hasn't looked bad. I just think, you know, he's kind of been dealt a crap hand and, you know, it probably might be best to deal him. Cody, your thoughts on uh on Matt Corral? Because I know you've been pretty high on him, right? Yeah, man. I've been a big Matt Corral fan for a long time. And part of the reason why is I just feel like last season, he didn't really even get a chance to show what he was able to do. You know, being buried with the with the fours behind P.J. Walker. And I feel like he's kind of in the same situation now. You know, like if he was getting reps with, reps with the ones, maybe we would see, you know, a better version of Matt Corral. But you know, the fact that he's kind of being buried, it's just, yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton, that's another thing. Andy Dalton has looked really good. Andy Dalton's not a bad quarterback. Yeah, he's never and, a bad I quarterback. Was, I, was yeah. at fan, I was at Fan Fest, 
and he threw a bullet to DJ Chark, and, and Chark uh, caught that thing. It was a spectacular play. Um, when it comes to Matt Corral, I just want what's best for Matt. Like, that, I'm, I'm kind of of two different mindsets on this, right? Like, on one hand, the Panthers played four quarterbacks last year, y'all. Like, that's a real thing. We played four quarterbacks. And now that they have this rule that they'll allow you to suit up another quarterback, you know, just for safety purposes, I would kind of feel more comfortable to have Matt on the team. However, let's just say they put him in preseason and Matt balls out. And he looks really good and, and does some nice things, you know, especially with how injuries happen in the NFL. If another team is willing to give us some draft capital for him, maybe that's too much to pass up on, you know. Now, if it's a sixth or seventh round pick, I mean, you're talking about a player that might not make the team anyway. So I don't even know how much you would get for Matt Corral in a theoretical trade. But, yeah, yeah I'm at the point now that if, if they can send him to a place where he has a better opportunity – to potentially be a starter, then yeah, man, go ahead. We'll, we'll rock with Bryson, Andy Dalton. That might be the plan because I thought I saw um, that the plan was Matt Corral's going to get the majority of the snaps in preseason. Yeah, like Dalton and heard. Young weren't going to really play. I'm like, yo, don't put Bryce Young on that field at all. I don't need to see him in preseason. Like, yeah, I wouldn't either. There's no need. <laughs> like, just let him sit and watch. If Dalton wants to get some snaps, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, let Matt Corral play because then, then he gets to play with the ones and he gets to play with these other ones increases values on tv you get to see him like you said injuries happen in the preseason all the time i'd probably trade him at this point well depending on how he performs he probably get a mid-round pick for him um who's the second round pick yeah so we moved up into third third yeah so i mean you yeah. could probably get a fourth for him at this point i mean still serviceable very young um had high high reviews for him coming out of college. Um, and now he's had a training camp with the quarterback whisperer, Frank Wright and Thomas Brown and uh, Jim Caldwell, who's another quarterback whisperer. Like there's no telling what this dude's going to look like by the time we get to week one. Yeah. So uh, I've seen people say we should put him a uh, second string quarterback over Andy Dalton. And again, Andy Dalton is not a bad quarterback. Like I not feel even better about having the situation when Andy Dalton is the backup. And I love how Frank Wright did this. He didn't stretch this out the past Three seasons we've had around this time of the year. We don't know exactly who the quarterback is. And Matt Rule kind of stretched it out and made it. Uh, it was almost like it felt like he was making the whole thing. Like it felt like college. Like it felt like every position was a competition. And like they never had the cohesion as a team because they were always competing against whoever was behind them, like in the in the depth chart. This year, it feels like everyone's role is assigned. Like they all know what they're supposed to do from starters to backups to whatever. And because of that, they're able to build this cohesion and you're seeing the young guys talk to the old guys and get opinions and advice and stuff on how to do things. And the older guys are receptive to it and vice versa. And it's like this culture they've begun to, to build. Um, another thing too, that I noticed uh, they've invited a lot of foreign Panthers back and that was not there uh, the past three or four years where you, you were walking around all of a sudden see Steve Smith walking around on the sideline or Thomas right. Davis or okay. uh, Stu told me he's going to be there Wednesday. So, I mean, the awesome. former players are circulating back around the team. Yeah, Keekly. Uh it, it, it feels good to see that they're rebuilding the culture uh with the Frank Wright and a Dom Capers and you know guys who were here from the very, very beginning. So that's a good uh good look there. But yeah, with Matt Corral, I don't know if he'll be on this roster by the time we get to this point next year, but hopefully we maybe get something out of him. Um speaking of QB one, 
what is Bryce Young's ceiling? I saw on a NFL network last night, I was watching clips on YouTube and one of their analysts was like, he's the best quarterback in the NFC South right now. That's why he was picking the Panthers to win the division. And I sat back and I thought about it. And I was like, is he the best quarterback in the division? You got Desmond Ritter in Atlanta, Baker Mayfield in Tampa, and Derek Carr in New Orleans. Would you take Bryce Young over Derek Carr? Absolutely. Would you take Bryce yeah. Young over Desmond Ritter? Without yeah, question. Heartbeat. Would you take Bryce Young over Baker Mayfield? Absolutely. Bro, don't even ask me that, Desmond. That's <laughs> would you, wild. Would, would you take him over Jameis Winston? Absolutely. So once you get to that conclusion, it's like, well, that's not that far fetched. He is the best quarterback right now. Like, that's the question. Is he the best quarterback in the NFC South right now? So the only thing I'll say is this, right? If you're a Saints fan, I can understand how you'd be a little perturbed, right? Daniel Derek Carr has been in the NFL for what, 10 not years like now? Nine years, yeah. Yeah. And they're <laughs> thinking that if they put a good team around him, that he is, you know, more than capable of getting the job done. But um, I, again, you asked what his ceiling is. I've been on this for a while. I think he's the number one candidate for the offensive rookie of the year. His level of preparedness is just absurd, man. He does not have the mentality of a rookie quarterback. The fact that he came from a pro-style offense in Alabama, you have multiple tendered NFL head coaches like Nick Saban, like Bill O'Brien, telling you that this is one of, if not the smartest quarterback that we've ever been around. Keep in mind, Bill O'Brien coached Tom Brady. So the the, the dude is beyond his years, and that's why you draft him number one, especially being 5'10", 200 pounds. The fact that you draft that guy number one means that he has a special quality to him that is, you know, it's different than any other quarterback. And knowing that we have the type of receivers that we do, a lot of yards after the catch receiver, you know, we're not necessarily built to have to have a number one wide receiver. We're going to spread the ball around, which is what Bryce did at Alabama. So I'm very excited about his prospects. The division is not very strong. And, yeah, I think Bryce is about to go off this season, man. Monty, what are your thoughts on uh, on Bryce? Is he the best quarterback in the NFC South right now? Hey, man, I, I totally agree with Cody. I think that it, he's in the probably the best situation of all four quarterbacks. You know, I, I can understand and respect the argument for Derek Carr. I think that we are in, you know, when you just look at the totality of our offense, I mean, totality of the roster from defense and offense, I think that, you know, Bryce is kind of in the best situation. The division is very, I think it's going to be a two-team race, you know, between us and New Orleans. I don't think Ritter, I, I wasn't high on Ritter last year, and I don't think that from everything that I've seen on Twitter, I don't believe that's going to change my opinion much. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think Ritter's going to, um, you know, a great quarterback. Uh, you know, I think we all know the story of Baker Mayfield, um, and I just the comments where Baker may not even start. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> so I definitely think he's the best quarterback in our division or has potentially is the best quarterback in our division. Um, if the question is also what, what is his ceiling, I think that, you know, he, he could potentially be a top five quarterback, you know, in the next two years, two, three years. Um, you know, especially how we build the roster. You know, you know, DJ Chark takes that next step and you add another weapon. Uh, or you add another piece on both sides of the ball, you could potentially say, hey, you got one of the best rosters in the NFC, not just the NFC South. So, um, you know, so I, I think we're, we're in a great position, you know, with this coaching staff, uh, you know, with the way Bryce Young plays quarterback. And again, like Cody hit it on the head, man. He doesn't, he, he just plays the position like he's a five-year vet and he's, mm-hmm. and he's primed to win the offensive of rookie of the year. I, I definitely could see that happening. So, yeah, man, I, I think that, um, you know, if we can stay healthy, I think we got a position uh, or a chance potentially to run away with this division. 
I've said I've said it on Believe in Carolina Panthers. I may have said it on here. I've said it on other shows I've had to be on. To me, the best example, the best case scenario for Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers is that Bryce Young becomes the Steph Curry of the NFL. And and by that, I mean, when Steph came into the league in the NBA, he was considered too small. They were saying a shot wouldn't work like that. You're not going to be able to do that in the NBA, that kind of thing. And what ended up happening, he changed the game. He literally yeah. changed the game at every level from NBA to high school, where now all of a sudden you got six foot one guards coming across half court and shooting threes. And he hates yeah. the fact that he gets uh, attributed to to that because it pe- many people feel like it's ruining the game. I kind of blame more James Harden and Dame Lillard and those kind of guys for the influx of kids doing it. But you see a kid like Steph Curry doing it and you're like, he looks just like me. He's not LeBron. He's not 6'9", 250, like chiseled, you know, God created type of player. He's like a regular dude you see at the Y and he's jacking threes from 40 feet out. Like it, it just looks crazy. And Bryce is similar in terms of you see him do a play and you forget that he's 5'10", 200, hopefully at this point. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's the same kind of logic. So if this works and that's the thing that's throwing me off, because again, I haven't heard anything negative about Bryce really this entire time. Everything's been pretty much positive glowing reviews. If this works out, he leads the Panthers to division title, rookie year, playoffs, whatever it might be. He has an opportunity to follow the same path Steph did in the NFL, where all of a sudden, I see it all the time. I do a bunch of high school football here. You're going to see a lot of 5'9", five, 5'10 five, quarterbacks, which actually already happens in high school football, but usually they get moved once you move up to college. If you're good enough, they move in wide receiver. They move in running back because they feel like they're too short. Bryce has a chance to change the paradigm where that's not the case anymore. If you got talent and you're 5'10 or whatever, you can stay a quarterback. You can play quarterback. He, he has the chance to change the game, in my opinion. That's that's his ceiling to me. He can be a transcendent player, like in NFL history, where we think about the game differently because of this kid. And I know it's a lot to put on his shoulders, <laughs> but it feels like he can handle it. It feels like he's been built for this. Like he's been doing this since high school. He, he started at Matter Day <laughs> in California. Like they're like the top high school program. He's, in he's the been a winner everywhere he's been. Yeah. I mean, he went to Matter Day, then Alabama. And was a, and, and was a winner everywhere that he's been. And you're right; those are lofty expectations. But that comes with the territory of drafting a five ten, two hundred pound quarterback. If you're going to move up for him, he has to have a special quality that just radiates from him. And when you listen to his teammates talk about him, it just seems like he has whatever that is that it factor. He has it in abundance, man. Yeah, I agree. And and the players have said that. Um, I think it was, it wasn't icky. It was one of the, it might've been Bozeman, uh, that was getting yeah, interviewed. Did you see the clip of Bozeman? It was like, he's already giving, uh, presentations on protections. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he's, he's teaching everybody else how to play ball, man. Bryce coming in so with the PowerPoints. Good. Yeah. I love, yeah, it. I love it. But he, uh, I think one of them was saying something like, uh, you can tell he's different because it, the huddle presence, like when he comes in to give the play. Oh, yeah. Huddles before a- where, yeah, where players are still kind of talking about the last play or whatever, and they're not listening. When he comes into the huddle to say the play, everyone shuts up. Like yeah. that's that's a qual- that's different. You know, like there's only a few quarterbacks that, are, that command that kind of respect, and he's commanding it right now at age what 21, 20. How old is Bryce? 21, 22? Yeah, I think 21. And well, I think another another thing that we haven't spoke of, man, they've echoed this from day one since you know from OTAs. You know, what we're talking about they. Brian Burns said that, you know, he felt like he, you know, excuse my language, he said he thought that Brian Burns, I mean, or that Bryce was the shit. 
back before, you know, training camp even started, you know? So I feel like, you know, he's carried, carried himself that way his entire career. And it, it's, and it's done nothing but, you know, show on the field. And, and I think that's the biggest thing that we don't speak of as well. Uh, he's well-versed. You know, I feel like then just the intelligence of what, how he plays in the quarterback position from the pocket is dude. We're talking about transitioning, uh, you know, and, and changing the position there. I think that already, you know, he's kind of, you know, started to, to, uh, to make that change because again, you know, before, all the way up until the draft day, you know, everybody was saying he's too small. We don't know if he's going to be quarterback one. We don't know. But and now here, just a couple months later, we're saying, dude, he's the best quarterback in the division. Yeah. <laughs> you know, before before without, a game play. Without even blinking, we're like, yeah, he might be the best quarterback in the division. Right. So, you know, so I think already we can look and say, you know, Bryce is – I think, man, is the biggest thing, and I think all of us have said that, is, is health. If we can keep Bryce healthy – Dude, Bryce is going to be primed to be a very, very good quarterback. You know, I honestly, and I hate to say it now, it's too early. We're going to be having these conversations, Bryce versus Cam, in a couple of years, and I and I feel like that's just going to that's just a testament of how good Bryce is. So yeah, I mean, dude, I, I can't wait to get back out there tomorrow and, and really see how he looks with pads on. He's been firing the ball, you know, all over the field since since the pads have come on, and I'm excited, man. Uh, Justin Long says Steph is six foot three. Has had a shooting coach since he was five years old with a dad that played in the NBA. Steph is not like anyone at the Y. I didn't mean a skill level. I meant like when he walks in, like when you first see him. Like if you saw Steph Curry at age nineteen walking into the YMCA, you had no idea you were about to get shelled for forty five points from 30, 30 feet out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you had even no now, clue what was about to happen. It's so. like even now when you compare him to other like specimens in the NBA, it's like dude, when you he's he's he is built differently. I mean, even comparing yeah. him to like guys like Jason. Tatum, like Jason right. Tatum's what six, six, six seven, six, eight. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like Jason Tatum looks like a ball player, and not saying that Steph Steph Curry doesn't, but Curry, you like you said, you can see him. You guys are built like him every day at the Wild. Yeah, it's not like he's <laughs> some superhero looking exactly. like. I mean, he's a regular dude at food line. Like if I walk past come him, I would think oh, he's athletic, but and to yeah. come off the floor and give you sixty, it's like yeah, it's yeah. I, I, I get you. <laughs> and, and Justin's like Allen Iverson is the comparison. Nah, nah. I, I see where you're trying to go there, but Iverson didn't change the way we play basketball at all levels. That that was my point. He Steph changed how I, when I watch high school basketball. Well, try to watch a college basketball game today and and count how many threes are shot in that game. Like literally, Iverson didn't do that. Iverson he didn't make the it, way you know, young people play ball. Yeah, he's well, I think he's all of it. Like it's now fair, outside in, you know. To be fair, I think I think Iverson may have. He, I think he he may have changed the position how you look. I mean, because there was at one point how, especially point guard, how you play point guard, people try to emulate just what Allen Iverson would do, especially from a culture standpoint. I think Allen Iverson is that. I'll give you, yeah, culture wise in terms yeah. of fashion, I, and yeah, that, that right. I will give you. But like he didn't change the game. Like like we're not feeling the effects of Iverson, Allen Iverson twenty years later, like in the game. Like I can. Watch the game and go. Oh, that that kind of looks I'd like argue, AI a little bit. I'd argue Russell Westbrook is a is is you know a common or, or I I think I, I wouldn't say that man. I think Allen Iverson definitely has has his handprint all over today's game as well. But mm. to your point, I think it's two totally different reasons why. I, I you know I, I don't think that I, I think a better if we're going NBA comparison to NFL, it's got to be Steph or like uh, or is um, Chris Paul. Chris Paul will be the big, uh, the more more comparable player there from size, even because Chris Paul, you know, he changed the game for for a point guard perspective, like in my opinion. Do you, but, you don't you don't watch NBA Cody at all? Like I do not watch back. I, oh I, I, man, I watch, I watch ball when it gets to the finals every year. Like, I watch, watch I like watching the best teams play. If the Hornets ever get good again, I might I might uh, become just don't hold it. 
on that. Give level. them, give them a couple years if they can keep the core together. I think they, with them signing Lamelo and all that stuff. Well, you know, honestly, the NBA don't matter. They signed Lamelo to like a two hundred sixty million. Right, that's, that's for a trade tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not gonna hold my breath for the. <laughs> yeah, man, the, the Hornets have burned me a, enough. Long, you know, I, they, I jump ship after the Bobcats, man. Uh, bro, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a caveman, dude. I need my sports to have violence. I like, I like, I like, I like MMA. And I like uh, football, man. That's about that's oh about my, God. my repertoire goes. <laughs> but not, I mean, in turn, I mean, it's a, and that's a debate maybe we could have for another day in terms of the Steph Curry, Bryce Young thing. And plus, we got C Bryce in live action to 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 see if this is even feasible. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, in terms of the the size debate, Justin, yeah, we're kind of talking about how they both were perceived to be too small for their positions, and. Yeah, Steph ended up changing the way we think about that, and like we no one talks about Steph's size anymore, like ever. Like, and plus, he, you know, he's in what year nine, year ten. He's been lifting weights, <laughs> so yeah. he's not the little scrawny dude anymore. Yeah, but when he first came in, someone, yeah, as someone who isn't really a basketball fan, I like the fact that they are comparing him to Steph Curry because what be it worse, means yeah. is, is that this guy <laughs> has an opportunity to change the game. You know, and I think that's that's a big deal. So I love the comparison. The reason why Blake Griffin went before Steph, that was the same draft that Blake Griffin went uh, number one uh, overall. And Steph went like nine, I believe. Uh, the Knicks could have drafted him and drafted, uh, oh, my gosh, the guard from Syracuse. They, they're regretting it to this day. But, yeah, so we'll we'll see. That's, that's the ceiling for me, uh, for him. Now, it's going to take a lot to get to that point. I'm seeing a lot of Isaiah Thomas comments in the thing, too. I don't know if Isaiah Thomas changed the game. He was a winner. Uh, probably best handles uh, him, maybe Kyrie and Steph, I'd throw in there in terms of what I've seen uh, in the league. But did he change the game? That was my my thing. Steph changed the way we play basketball. It used to be I graduated high school in 96. And from there forward, I'm dead center Bulls dynasty or whatever. So it's mm-hmm. it's always been like inside out type ball. And the Bulls were the first ones really that played more guard play and the centers weren't as important. Nowadays, the centers are like not important at all. <laughs> like yeah, you, know, you, know, really funny you mentioned that. I heard someone compare centers in the NBA to running backs in the NFL. Ooh, that's that actually at, a pretty good comparison. At, at one point in time, the running back was the most pivotal player, pivotal player in your offense, and you ran everything around your running back. And it was the same thing back in the day with your centers in the NBA. There were like you know, they were the stars of the team. They were the big men. And now those positions have been devalued to the point where it's like they're almost an afterthought to teams. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, check out Believe in Panthers. Uh, myself, Skylar Callahan, and uh, Panthers all-time lead and rusher, Jonathan Stewart, who has plenty to say on that topic uh, in terms of uh, the running backs being devalued and why that's why that shouldn't be and just all that. Definitely go check that out. You can watch that here on YouTube dot com forward slash at tobacco road sports radio in the believe in panthers uh playlist new episode just came out uh two days ago so definitely go check that out uh last uh question for today's show the panthers and the new york jets are going to be having joint practices next week um like i said wednesday and thursday you can go through Ticketmaster. the tickets are free the first five thousand fans through the gate uh will receive a rally towel uh, for the Panthers, like I said, I'm trying to figure out a way to get down there myself. I probably will make the drive. Are these pra- these practices are in the morning, right? Yeah, for the most part. I What's think the uh, practice is on the morning afternoon. What time do they start in the mornings? 
Uh, the joint practice, I think the last practice is going to start. That's the earliest. It's going to start at 9. They usually been starting anywhere from 9, 15. I think the latest is start, uh, started at 11. So, I mean, or I'm about 10, 15, I'm sorry. So, they start about roughly about 10, 15. The latest I've seen them start is 11. So, that means for me, I have to get up at like 6 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, was, that's, that's, I had, that's what I had up. to do both the days. <laughs> I, went, I, I got up at 5 just to make sure I had time to. Drink oh. coffee, get ready. Go to yeah, traffic and, uh, and I always tell people get there at least 30, 40 minutes early. And now I suggest yeah. get there about an hour early because especially yeah, this one. Yeah, especially if you're going to joint practices, dude. It's gonna it, the parking is gonna fill up quickly. So I, I, might I suggest just get one a hotel hour. room. I might just come down the date the night before and get a hotel room in Charlotte and then drive in like an hour that morning because I'm yeah. not a morning person at all. <laughs> like that sounds like Maybe. struggle bus for me to get up that early Maybe for either. it. Um but yeah, it, it was worth it. So yeah, I, def I need to go do it. I need to go do it. I'm probably going to do it. I'll put something on Twitter, let people know if I'm coming down or not, because uh, I do want to get one of these subs. So um, that'll be, <laughs> be the first time that we're actually going to see what our guys do against other competitions. Yes, and that's what I want to see. Um, but my question here was: there's a lot of hype with the New York Jets. Uh, people forget they just picked the top ten of the draft uh, <laughs> right here with us uh, this past uh, couple months ago. Are you buying the Jets hype right now in terms of? Them winning AFC East, making a deep run. Are you are you buying the Jets hype? Yeah, them winning the AFC East is insane. Um, you, they're still in the same division with the with the Bills, so the, wow. I, that's that's insane. To, to think. I think I mean I I think they're going to be a better team. You know, you get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I like Salah. Um, you know, so I, I think their defense is going to be. I think their defense is going to be as as advertised. You know, I'll be honest. I think they have a good defensive core. They got pieces, bro. Um, it's just you know if if Aaron Rodgers can turn turn the ship around. So it's it's going. I'm not going to say they're going to win the division. Do I think they can sneak into the playoffs? Um, I believe so. Playing in the in the AFC is going to be the the thing though. It's like just making the playoffs in the AFC isn't going to be good enough. <laughs> you know, it's like twelve teams that are good in the AFC. Yeah, like, right. You, you can make uh, argument for uh, about to, like you said, twelve different teams that can make the playoffs in the AFC. So that's not going to be good enough. But I think I think they're going to be a lot better. I think it's going to be a good litmus test for us. You know that you know you got Quinn Williams up there. Uh, you got uh, Sauce Walker on the back end as well. So I mean, mm -hmm. it's going to be a good uh, test for our offense. And defensively, you know, I no better quarterback is to test your defense against the Aaron Rodgers. So I, I'm I, I'm kind of believing the hype a little bit, just a little bit though. What are your thoughts, Cody? You buying this Jets hype going on right the now? The only reason why I'm hesitant is because you can make the argument that they're in one of the better divisions in the NFL. You know, they got to go to the Buffalo Bills. Everybody's predicting Miami to be really good again. Um, I don't know. The 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 another thing that makes me have some pause on the Jets is that they got so many new pieces, right? Like, I don't know if it's just as simple as, hey, drop in Aaron Rodgers and then everything's going to be great again. Like, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure what their offensive line is looking like. Um, you know, they got they a good offensive have, line, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. They've been building the past couple of yeah, seasons. Robert Sala is a good coach. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. They've drafted a few guys, drafted a few guys. And then um, I, I don't know. So it's hard for me to like really bet on them. I, I, in fact, I'd probably say no if I'm just going off my gut feeling. I mean, I'm sure that they'll have some wins, but I, I just, you know, I don't see them. You know, you already mentioned the AFC. I mean, think about, you know, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Chargers. Like, there's just so many teams out there. It's a, it's a murderer's row. And for all yeah. those reasons why it's hard to believe 
in the Jets, it makes it easier to believe in the Panthers because <laughs> there's not a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFC. There's like three good teams, not- it feels like, in the NFC. Yeah. Like the Eagles, the 49ers, and then, then it yeah. kind of drifts off into like Cowboy Land and some others. But I'm not hearing good things about Dak Prescott right now. Um in terms no. of turnovers or whatnot, like I don't know if he's gonna be there next year. Like it's, well, it's got I'm not hearing point. good things about Desmond Ritter either. Yeah, there was a vi- I put a video out uh, early of Tampa Baker Mayfield and uh, uh, was it Kyle Trask, and they're they're yeah. they're just missing receivers like like at the line like the receivers yeah. going out and they're just missing them. <laughs> like it's just that, like someone cut like eight of them in a row. <laughs> they're yeah, just but, throwing the ball high and throwing it over here. The video that Steve Smith posted. Uh, like they, the Falcons posted a clip of one of their quarterbacks throwing an interception, but it didn't show who the quarterback was. Who threw that ball? Who threw that <laughs> ball? Smith is incredible, man. Oh my gosh! Yeah, shout out to Smitty. Uh, who who he watches all this kind of stuff. Uh, he he jumped into the Believe in Panthers chat box uh, a couple months ago, so you never know. He's lurking. He's out there somewhere, so he might be watching your stuff. Uh, there's a lot of Panther content creators uh, that I've gotten a chance to get to know. Uh, I love the community. I saw you guys all met up afterwards in Spartanburg and had a good time. I think it was a restaurant or something. So loving that, loving the vibes. And I, I love, uh, I love that they bring the culture back and I love that we're all excited to, yeah. pr- to produce content on this because we all were producing content on this when, I mean, it was a dumpster fire. <laughs> it was really, really hard. Like looking back on it, like to, to yeah. come up with competent, good content. And now it's like a blessing. Like it, it, it all yeah. flipped on a dime, you know? So I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm excited uh, for it to get going. We're going to be more of a regular schedule now as we get out of training camp into the preseason schedule. And then finally the regular season. Um, I think we're going to be going on Thursdays. I think that's what we had. Or yeah, yeah I think we had discussed this before. We're going to be on Thursdays and I think we're going, we're going in the mornings. I think we're going in the mornings yeah, on Thursdays. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we have to, because I've got, yeah, I got stuff going on Thursday yeah, night. Thursday so. at 1030. Yeah. So uh, check for us Thursdays uh, here on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. If you hit the subscribe button, you'll get a notification whenever we go live. So you can make preparations, you can plan your lunch around it, you can do whatever you got to do. So you can sit down and chop it up with us live. Uh, this will be on the Keep Pounding Podcast uh, network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. The audio of this will be up a little bit later on today, so you'll be able to listen to that throughout the weekend. We got to get out of here. It's a busy Friday. We all got things we got to go attend to, so uh, everybody be safe this week. Everybody be safe this weekend, and uh, we will see you next week. Keep pounding. Pounding.